This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. From the suburban sprawl of New Jersey to Rocky Mountain High, Colorado, this is the Red Bull Rant Yanksville Marching Edition Volume 4. I'm your host, Pat McDonald, and with me, as he has been for two out of the last three episodes, is my good friend, Chris Kaminsky. Chris, how you doing? I'm good, Patty. How you doing, man? I'm not bad, uh, especially since the United States has achieved uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's uh, pre-tournament stated goal of reaching the semifinals. Uh, they managed to knock off Ecuador 2-1 two, two to one last Thursday night, um, not without uh, digging themselves a bit of hole, a hole going into the match against Argentina. That will happen tomorrow night, or if you're listening to this, to, uh, tomorrow tonight um, in uh, Houston. Should be an interesting one, uh, but I guess at first we might as well look back at the game. Uh, you know, U.S. Uh, traveled to Seattle. Uh, had a nice home crowd in front and uh, behind them, and they managed to pretty much take the game to Ecuador for majority, at least until they went down a man along with Ecuador, for that matter. Uh, what, what was your big takeaway from that match? Well, I mean, the first 65, 70 minutes were perfect, right? I mean, they're yeah. exactly what we what we've been, you know, hoping to see from this team. Um, I mean, I thought there was um, good defending, good attacking. I mean, there was creation. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! You know there was clinical finishing. There was, I mean, there was pretty much everything. And then, kind of, it all came apart with Jones's phantom punch, and then things got real squirrely. Um, I don't know why we weren't able to park the bus there at the end, but um, I, didn't, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty, pretty good performance. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think all around it was one of the better performances um, we'd seen by the U.S. in this tournament so far. I mean, I think there was plenty of questions going into the game, despite the fact that the U.S. had beaten Ecuador only a few weeks before uh, prior. Um, you know, because Ecuador's no pushover; they're certainly a very, very good team. And you know, and, and there was certainly the opportunity there for them to pull them apart. But I mean, I think the U.S. they frustrated them into getting a red card. Unfortunately, Ecuador uh, frustrated Jermaine Jones as well. Um, but, you know, the, the, the offense looked fantastic. I mean, the, the first goal was a splendid play by uh, – hold-up play by Bobby Wood, who didn't panic, got it back to Jones. Jones with a beautiful chip to Dempsey, um, much maligned. Giassi Zardes had one hell of a game, even getting on the board. Much himself. maligned by you. Don't – let's not – let's be honest here. Much maligned by a lot of people. <laughs> by a lot of people, not just me. Um, you know, and, uh, and the defense, once again, I mean, they did give up a goal, but not from the run and play. The United States has not given up a single goal from the run and play in this tournament. And, uh, they just, you know, the partnership between Jones and Jeff Cameron, at least certainly for the near future. I mean, this defense looks spectacular. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm really surprised. I mean, I don't think that record's going to hold up over the next game, but we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it has been very impressive. A lot of composure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it, we've looked pretty good along the back line. And I, I, you know, I mean, I thought I, I was very interested to see how Klinsman would, you know, patch it up. Um, you know, with Yedlin out for for the Ecuador game, and it, it seemed to work okay. It wouldn't. It's not probably what I would have done, but eh, you know, what'd you think? 
Yeah, no, it absolutely. I mean, certainly when I saw Beasley back there, I was surprised. I definitely expected – I was not super surprised that Fabian Johnson was moved over to the right, but I kind of expected um, Edgar Castillo to take that spot. Um, oh, yeah. Oh. But I, obviously primarily I expected Orozco to man that right back position. Um, but, you know, Klinsman rolled the dice, switching up two rolls, and it, it paid off. It worked. Um, you know, Beasley would be getting in a bit into, in a, a bit into the action of the second goal. Um, sure. You know, so it, it's – Klinsman, you know, for all the criticism he's gotten by myself, much of it, I think, um, deserved over the last two years, uh, he has done a phenomenal job in this tournament. Um, he certainly – there's certainly the opportunity for him to go full Klinsman, though, with three of his starters out in the next game. Um, that I'm still certainly a little bit worried about, and I think many other fans are worried about as well. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't I don't know what a good solution for him might be, you know, mm. going forward uh, to mm-hmm. fix those holes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, how do you replace Jones? I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that that is the big hole. Uh, hole. He's certainly been the bulldog of this tournament, and um, you know, it, after he went off the field, the U.S. certainly started playing on their back heels. There's absolutely no question about that. I mean, you can. I think in many ways the logical solution would be to move uh, Bradley to that box-to-box role and I guess either put, you know, throw Perry Kitchen into the fire, who plays defensive midfielder for Hearts of Midlothian, or, you know, old reliable Kyle Beckham, who, you know, in my opinion, has certainly lost lost a step over the last couple of years. Uh, He was never fleet of foot to begin with. you know, it's yeah. There, there are a ton of holes uh, going forward in this one. Well, I, I guess I mean we'll get into the Argentina matchup. I mean, but I, I guess it just depends upon you know what you want to be doing. If you want to be countering them, if you want to be running at them, if you want to you know be parking the bus. Um, I guess it just depends upon what you want to do. But I think if you you know try to park against Argentina, you're you know in a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you think about uh, Jones's card? I think, uh, I mean, I've heard people explain it to me, and you know, and that that's a new rule. It's a letter of the land now that if you make contact with the face, it's an automatic red card. Um, I don't know. It looked benign. It looked pretty damn benign to me. Uh, I think there's even some evidence that suggests that the uh, the, the Ecuadorian player pushed Jones's arm up so it would make contact with his face. Um, obviously, the appeals committee uh, did not agree. Although, I mean, let's put the tinfoil on a second. Are there any CONCACAF officials on that appeals committee? I mean, <laughs> Common Bowl really be interested in doing the U.S. a solid? Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Um, so I, I personally think it was a harsh red. Um, but at the same time, you know, Jones, he does have to, in those situations, you got the red card against uh, Ecuador is going to go down a man. Walk away. Just walk away, you know. Let the ref ref the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I just can't tell what his intent was there. Was he trying to point at him? Was he? I mean, what was he trying to do with his hand up like that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. – I, I think – I mean, I kind of – try to give the ref there the benefit of the doubt, right? Like mm-hmm. in real time, that might've looked like he was trying to take a swing at him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, who knows? I, I, I mean, it's, it is unfortunate. Uh, I, I thought he was one of our, you know, better players this tournament, but 
You're right. I mean, you have to be a little bit smarter. Absolutely. Um, Obviously, Wood and Bedoya also out. Um, Wood, they tried to appeal as well because Jones was not yet off the field when he committed his yellow card violation, so technically play should not have started yet. U.S. lost on that appeal as well. And Bedoya just clearly made a fatigue foul, probably should have been off the field a little sooner, Um, subbed off, but, you know, that's what it, it is what it is, and... So we lose three crucial players going into this match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. You you're kind of been begging for Wood to be off the field, so I don't know how you feel about that. Might give someone else an opportunity. Oh, I've been um, I've been okay with Wood. I've always thought he should have been central. I mean, Zardis is the one I've been begging off the field more than anyone else. Um, you know, it, it's. Uh, I think, uh, and actually in all seriousness, I think Zardes should move into that striker role that Wood has been occupying over the last two games. Uh, I think that's actually one of the easiest fix, fixes here in this whole uh, situation. You know, go they've been more or less playing a 4-4-2, stick with it, um, move Zardes up top, and have uh, Dempsey kind of roam around underneath him, do what he does best. Um, and then the wings, I mean, you know, you could throw Pulisic and... Uh, you throw Pulisic and uh, and Zussi out there, or one or the other, and either throw Nagby or um, you know Nagby or uh, what's his face, uh, Kyle Beckerman, uh, Perry Kitchen. You know, I don't know. They, 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 there's quality on the team. It's just a matter of what's the best matchup against Argentina. Yeah, and then I mean, what do you want Bradley to do mm-hmm. if he's sitting up in the middle again? You know, I mean, do you really want him to play a six? Or I mean, that's a tough one for me. Like, what is Klinsman going to ask Bradley to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you know Dempsey's the false forward, where he's you know second striker, like a second striker number ten hybrid. I think that's the smartest move for sure, and it's more or less what he's been doing. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's. Well, he can poach. He can certainly do that. He can certainly do that. Um, you know, it, it's – there is cause now to see Pulisic on the field. I mean, putting a guy who applies his trade to Borussia Dortmund in a high-profile game, despite being 17 years old, does seem to put the most talent on the field against a supremely talented Argentina. Uh, I still don't expect to see it. I do expect to see Graham Zussi. Uh, my big fear is that Klinsman, though, will – Move Yedlin up. He'll move if he moves Johnson up. That's not so terrible. But it, I, I mean, I could see him playing, moving Yedlin up and Johnson playing four center backs across the back, um, you know, and totally robbing the team of really any chance of moving forward. And pretty much, you would almost say play for penalty kicks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We're we're starting to get ahead of ourselves here a little bit. Starting, we keep kind yeah. of sliding into Argentina talk. Yeah. I don't know why we're why we're torturing ourselves with that but yeah uh, it's a uh, big story i guess <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, it really is i mean I, I don't know i mean i do you have any other takeaways from ecuador i mean i i just was really surprised just the composure and the poise that we kind of came out with i mean i think you know certainly you know if we play in the neighborhood of that we're not going to end up seven nil like mexico was Ooh, no yeah and, and I think that as long as they don't end up anywhere close to that, I think certainly think you can say uh, USA top of uh, top of Concacaf right now uh, compared to that. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, there's 
again, I think you you nailed on his head. There was so much composure in this team, and I think that's something to be um, optimistic about going forward. Um, the defense is another reason. I mean, that's the great thing is that now the defense will be back to full strength, assuming Klinsman does not tanker with uh, Yedlin uh, manning the right-back position. And then, uh, you know, Cameron, Brooks, and Guzan have just been stellar this tournament. And, um, you know, that's – it's great to see, you know, about them. I mean, in so many ways, looking back, when you look back, you can kind of almost just look ahead. That's why I think I keep jumping ahead. Um, but there, there is enough to still be positive about. Yeah, I mean, I – you know, I mean, I, I don't have any reason to believe we're going to be embarrassed in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, Argentina's been embarrassing some good teams. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, 4-1 Venezuela, 3-0 Bolivia. Bolivia's not a good team. 5-0 Panama, um, 2-1 against Chile, you know. So, I mean, in Chile, I mean, they're they're playing very well. So, you know, I mean, they're they're – Every bit as good as we think they'd be. Guayin had a couple nice goals there for them against Venezuela. Um, obviously, Messi hasn't even fully torqued up yet. So, um, mm-hmm. am I shaking in my boots and peeing down my leg? Just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess going looking at Argentina, I mean, there are certain things that the U.S. can be take away a little bit. Um, you know, Gaetan is uh, out on. Card accumulation, uh, Santa Maria, or, or Angel Di Maria, I'm sorry, uh, is injured. So, I mean, there are two top players right there who are out of this one. Um, you know, it's – but, of course, Lionel Messi is still on the field. So, you know. It only um, takes one, right? I mean, he's I mean, he, he's just been sick lately. And not good, sick. Yeah. But, I mean, if, there, if there's a score I mean, line, when he's helping. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the scoreline, though, that would be closest to what we might see is the 2-1 against Chile. Um, I put the U.S. more on par with Chile than any of the other squads um, that Argentina has faced so far. Um, so, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough one, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I'd say – Maybe we're more on par with Chile, but I mean they're they're playing extremely well, and I guess we are too. But I think we've had an easier path mm-hmm. than maybe Chile has. Um, I mean I don't want to call um, uh, Ecuador a you know a slouch, um, mm-hmm. an easy an easy team, but you know I think that Paraguay game they didn't give us a whole lot of trouble in that in that match. Obviously Costa Rica they laid down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Colombia, we played okay. We played decently. Um, and, you know, the, the bounces didn't go our way. And they're doing, you know, doing some more now. Um, so are we on par with Chile? I don't know. I mean, so, I'd say we're most on par, you know, out of, out of the teams that Argentina has faced. I think we're most on par with Chile than we are Panama, uh, Venezuela, and um, – uh, who's the other one? Uh, Bolivia, which Bolivia. of course, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you know, probably right. We're more on par with that, but I mean, I, you know, if we can keep it within one goal <laughs> by the, you know, 80th minute, I'm going to start to get real excited. You know, yeah. I mean, that because that's how American is that to just sneak something at the death. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
So I guess, you know, going forward, I mean, it's, it's really, it's time to play football manager and just kind of talk. I mean, who do you play? I mean, what kind of, what lineup do you feel that, you know, who, who comes off the bench to replace three key starters from this uh, U.S. national team? Wow. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really great question. I don't mind your ideas. I, the only thing I, like I say, I mean, you want to be in this game. Now we're talking a, a much more finesse team, not as physical a team. So I don't mind the idea of a Nagby out there. Um, you know, Pulisic, I, I still don't know. I mean, I, he probably has played against, you know, some bigger players, but he, you know, He's a guy that comes off the bench for his club too, so it's not like he play, He's a ninety-minute player for his club, so that would concern me a little bit. I wouldn't have any problem using him if the situation were right, but I don't know if you want to start him. I wouldn't start Beckerman personally, so I feel like maybe Zusi Nagby, um, you know, would be, you know, pretty easy um, people to slot in there. And then I don't know. I I wouldn't go with Beckerman. I think probably Klinsman will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely that whole what would we do and what would Klinsman do. Um, you know, I personally, I think I would kind of keep Bradley where he's at in a six. I'd put Nagby in the center above him, kind of work a box-to-box eight and a four-four-two. Considering his performance the other night, I would certainly consider putting Beasler back at left back and moving Johnson up onto the left wing um, and have Zussi out on the right. I think, you know, Zussi certainly – you know, he's not flashy, he's not great, but he does the job. And I think he will not be intimidated by the situation whatsoever. Uh, I think he'll handle, handle himself perfectly fine. Um, and then I put, yeah, I put Zardis up top with uh, Clint Dempsey underneath. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, these, I think that's the way to go. I mean, in terms of what Klinsman will do, you know, the back line, I have no idea. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think that I think we got to go back to the first starting four that, that just played so well through the tournament. I really leave, do. I mean, I just leave. think you got to go Johnson, Brooks, Cameron, Yedlin. I mean, you just have to play him across the back like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, because, you know, the, the logic was that if Clinton was going to stay so – you know, so similar, he would not have moved Johnson. He probably would have just put Roscoe on the right, and he did tinker a little bit. I mean, not anything egregious as we've seen in the past, like Alejandro Bedoya's defensive midfielder, but, um, you know, he did switch it up a bit more than he needed to. Right, Uh, and sure, I guess we assume that he's not going to go full Klinsman, right? But it's obvious that against a team like Argentina, you're going to need, you know, to be maximum efficient. And what's the way to do that? Put out the team that's played together the most, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, I think that they're, you know, they've had a good tournament. They know what they're, you know, doing. They they they're pretty much set on positioning that sort of thing. Yeah, there have been some squirrely moments, but for the most part, I mean, I think you want to go with the guys who've who've you know lined up out there for you for four games. Mm-hmm. So. We talked about what is going against the United States. Let's uh, just look at the few silver linings that are for the United States. Uh, one of them being um, the U.S. is on uh, has more rest than Argentina. Argentina is going to be on <laughs> is going to be on less rest than the United yeah. States. Uh, do you think that'll have any effect whatsoever on uh, on this match? You know, it might. I mean, where did uh, do you know where Argentina played their their quarterfinal game? Argentina played in Foxborough. 
in Massachusetts. Yeah, so there you go. So Argentina played in Foxborough, their quarterfinal game. So they're going to be playing the semifinal in Houston. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it is hot as hell there. They've done a lot of traveling, and they're on shorter rest. So if you want to look for, for silver linings on that cloud, you know, there there's uh, there's some. Yeah. But, I mean, they're still going to be playing messy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and we're going to have to score. Now, going into this tournament, we were both wondering, how are we going to score against any of these teams, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, and, you, you know, we've, we've, we've looked really good on the offensive end. Hopefully that doesn't dry up. I hope that we don't just park, you know, park the bus, pack it in, play behind, you know, try and play 10 men behind the ball and, you know, try and beat them on a, you know, a set piece or some miraculous counter. I hope that we really come out with, with um, aggression and flair and let the chips fall where they may. Nobody's expecting us to beat Argentina. Not the way Argentina's playing, but I mean, I think you want to go out and give it your best shot and say, hey, you know what? We really did, you know, put our best foot forward. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what? The U.S. is playing with confidence. They're playing with confidence that we've not seen them play with probably since the 2013 World Cup qualifying campaign. Um, that's the last time I'd recall seeing a team this confident. Uh, and you could argue they may have had, even had less talent. I mean, they certainly. I mean, Beasler Omar Gonzalez is not a center back pairing that's anywhere near in quality as what we're seeing right now between Cameron and Brooks. Um, you know, so there's positives here. And I guess the other thing, I mean, look back at major upsets in the last, you know, 10 years or so. Uh, is this United States team more talented than the 2009 Confederations Cup team? And is this Argentina team more talented than the Spain Confederations Cup uh, team? Um, uh, def- definitely no on the second, probably no on the first. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking back at some, I mean, Jay Demerit was, uh, he was a good player. Don't get me wrong. He was a fine player, but is he as good as Cameron? I know Marvel Wynn got his, <laughs> got into a few of those games. Well, yeah. uh, but I mean, you had Dempsey at Dempsey's prime. Yeah. And yeah, you had Donovan. I, sorry, you had Donovan. Sorry, you had Donovan. Donovan's prime. You had Dempsey as well. And Josie yeah. Altador was your starting striker. <laughs> you know. Josie yeah. who? Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, there are silver. There are there are reasons to hope. Although I wouldn't go to the. Let's put it this way: I would be shocked by a win, but I would be surprised. Yeah, I'd be surprised um, for sure. I mean, we're you know we're a decent team, but they're a very good team in good form. Um, they have the better players. They have the better system. Uh, they have more familiarity with one another. This is, you know, kind of their tournament. I mean, if only, if anything, you know, we can point to that travel, heat, shorter rest. And Lionel Messi has never won a major tournament. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, this might be the first, although, you know, Colombia, I wouldn't count Colombia out either or Mm -hmm. Chile for that matter, after they're thumping in Mexico. But I think after that third goal, Mexico just kind of packed it in. Yeah, I think, yeah. Is this is Juan Carlos Osorio still have a job? Actually, I think he does. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, surprising. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. I've got bit. some friends who are Mexicans, and I've been giving them a hard time, and they haven't said anything about it. So, <laughs> so on Tuesday night, nine p.m., the uh, 
The United States national team heads down to Houston at NRG Stadium to face the number one team in the world, Argentina, with possibly the best player in the world, Lionel Messi, at its helm. Um, what do you think we will see happen in this game? Well, first, it's going to be a sellout. I forgot to mention that as well. So we we will have the home home crowd advantage. I mean, hopefully it's not like balls hot down there. Or it's been raining down a lot in Texas, so hopefully the rain has stopped and it's not like – hot and humid and just miserable but you know they, they can close the roof if it's nasty that's true they do have a roof that's true yeah. dang <laughs> that could have played to our advantage anyway uh, uh I, I i'm gonna say a 3-1 win for argentina and uh, you know i mean i think if we win it'll be more along the lines of a 1-0 or a 2-1 mm-hmm. um, it's just gonna be you know, we're gonna be able to neutralize them i don't think we're gonna win you know if we get into a shootout with them I mean, we're we're done. So yeah. um, I think if we can kind of control the tempo of the game a little bit, keep you know keep our def- defense together, um, play with some composure. Uh, I, mean, I think there's there's you know chance like I said for a one nil or two, but beyond that, I don't know. So I'm going Argentina three to one. I think the uh, defense has been playing too well to give up three. Um, I'm going to go with Argentina getting two. Um, but do I think the United States can get on the board? That is the big question. Um, I don't want to bet against Clint Dempsey. I really don't. But I think I'm going to. I think it's going to be a hard-fought 2-0 loss to the United States. Um, you know, I'm with you. If they do pull this out, I think it'll be something on the lower end, maybe one nothing. Uh, two nothing, or honestly, penalty kicks. You know, um, you know, if it's just nothing, nothing in the 89th minute, don't be surprised if Chris Wondolowski drops down the field for in uh, for another one. epic miss, or is he going to yeah. redeem himself? Yeah, I think he'll redeem himself. You know, I think. Well, so I hope. Uh, should it get to that point, um, you know, it's it's. I want to say the U.S. is going to win. I hope so because the atmosphere at my local pub on Thursday night was awesome. And I hope to, you know, amplify it all the more by the exuberance of the crowd. And I hope to see that again. Um, but, you know, hey, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't think the U.S. will embarrass themselves, much like uh, their CONCACAF rivals in Mexico, which if you have any other words, we can go right into that. Uh, I mean, what do you even say about that? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's joyous. Oh man! I mean, I was actually. Just I don't listening. want to gloat too much over their bones because yeah. there's going to come a time. Yeah, this karma. If we. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I did see a, tw- a tweet already. I didn't, didn't mean to interrupt you, Pat. But I saw a tweet uh, that uh, you know everyone's give porn on Mexico, porn on Mexico, and you know, and someone just you know jet not so gently reminded us that uh, they're in the Confed Cup, and you know they'll they're they're doing just fine. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather be in the Copa final than you know if we can get there than the, oh. than the Confed Cup. Absolutely. Besides, there's going to be a big ass wall between our countries soon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it, it it was certainly shocking. I mean, I was listening to a podcast not long ago um, where it was recorded after the U.S. game, but before the Mexico game, and you know they were like, "Wow, Mexico is playing so well." <laughs> Uh, wouldn't they, be shocked. They are playing well. <laughs> Not in that game. Uh, I mean, Osorio is the Mexican or Colombian. He's Colombian, but the you know he's he's like Klinsman at his worst. He just tinkers every game, even if something's working. He changes well, it up. 
It was a nine-game unbeaten streak. Yeah, but, before they lost. Yeah, but seven nothing is unreal. That is un. That is unreal failure. I mean, you know, there was absolutely no reason that should have happened with the amount of talent uh, Mexico has. Um, so I, I certainly don't put it on talent. There's there's way too much talent on Mexico for that to have happened. Um, I think you know they're gonna have to take a long, hard look at Juan Carlos Osorio, who. You know, people in Red Bull land certainly are aware of is uh, a bit of a bit of a bit of a wild card, shall we say? So okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, well, Mexico have won the Confederations Cup, I guess that's really all we can <laughs> say about that. And hopefully, the U.S. does not bomb out like they did. Um, uh, it, yeah, I don't think I don't see a blowout, but I mean, I I just honestly, I mean, I don't see a I don't see a way we win this one. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the fan in me wants to just be super enthusiastic about our chances, and boy, I mean, I'll I'll be the first one to be jumping off the furniture, you know, if if we're able to win it. But yeah. man, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> yeah, well, the good thing is, at least if we uh, lose, we get a chance at third place, and you know, some some brownie points. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, we'd probably have to play who? I, I mean, I don't know. Who'd you take? Yeah, I guess who would you take between Colombia and Chile? I think. I mean, maybe I'm just looking into seven nothing too much, but I definitely think I'm going Chile is going to beat Colombia. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Colombia didn't manage to had to go to penalty kicks to beat Peru, um, and Chile at least took out. The, I mean, I don't know if they'll be the top ranked Concacaf team anymore, but took out the top ranked Concacaf team with a seven nothing explosion. So, I definitely think we're looking at an Argentina Chile Copa final. But hey, who would have predicted that score? Uh, the seven nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything can happen in this tournament. Anything can happen. It can. It can for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take Colombia. Yeah. Okay. I think they're just kind of starting to get into that right time. But I mean, I could be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I and I'd be happy to be proven wrong. But mm-hmm. you know, I think they're. Wouldn't that be fun to play Colombia again in the final? That'd <laughs> be interesting. That would certainly be interesting. Uh, let me get some redemption. We'll see. Uh, if the USA does make the final, or actually if they do not make the final, uh, me and Truman will actually be recording a, a new show. We'll be deb- debuting in a week or so, uh, a soccer talk show titled TBD. So just a little, uh, you know, little, uh, you know, pitch for that. So look for that soon, like next week. What's, it gonna, what's the focus going to be? focus is going to be basically we're going to get people who are either soccer fans or in the soccer world, uh, sit down, interview them. Not just about soccer, but about, you know, whatever walk of life they may be coming from. Uh, our first guest is a musician from uh, the punk band Nine Lives. Um, so they'll be just, you know, sharing soccer stories, stuff like that, all while watching a game at a pub. Uh, this will be at Monroe's in Brooklyn. It's where we'll be shooting the first episode. Um, and so if the U.S. is in, in the uh, final, we probably will not be doing it because I don't think any of us would be paying attention to our jobs and be paying attention to the game. But if the U.S. is not in the final, we'll definitely be recording next Sunday in Brooklyn. So cool. Yeah, yeah it'll be good. It'll be an interesting one. Um, all right, I think that's. Uh, I mean, anything else on the Copa that you can think of? 
Uh, I don't know. There's so many storylines. I've been, uh, I went from watching every game of the Copa early on to watching close to every game of the Euros and just the <laughs> important games in the Copa. So <laughs> that, that tells you anything. I mean, I just can't get enough of the Euros, man. There's, there, there's some freaking crazy results in that and some really good storylines. I just, I mean, I love the Euros. Well, that certainly does give me kind of a jumping off point on a topic I wanted to discuss, which is certainly the fan violence in the Copa right now. Uh, it's certainly not all Russia's fault. Uh, there are certain, there's rumors there's French hooligans, uh, some German hooligans, English hooligans, um, all involved. Uh, but the Russians certainly were involved. And then people involved in their FA and parliament figures said, Keep at it, lads, uh, after they started the violence. How does that make you feel, or how should that make any fan feel, considering this is the country hosting the next World Cup? Well, I, you know, to me, the, the two things aren't really connected. Um, I mean, I I mean, I guess if I were a fan going to Russia, which I'm not going to be <laughs> for the World Cup, I might be a little concerned for my life and well-being. But, uh, you know, I mean, I just... I think there's a lot of behaviors that kind of surround surround soccer that are concerning. I mean, there's still a lot of racism uh, in a lot of countries. There's still a lot of violence in a lot of countries. There's still, you know, obviously in South America and Central America, a lot of threats against referees and players um, who, you know, perceived to have been, um, you know, derelict in their duty. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff. To me, that's one of the things actually that I like about soccer. Not that these things happen, but that it actually is a microcosm of life. It kind of covers the full spectrum of the good and the bad. Um, people who play with honor, people who um, are good sports, and then people who are not, you know, and people who uh, are looking to get the upper hand on somebody, looking to intimidate, looking to belittle. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, it sucks. But at the same time, I think, yeah, soccer, that's the beautiful thing about it, right? Soccer, more than any other sport, reflects life. Um, reflects the, the life of the people who are participating in it. Reflects the, the spirit of the people um, from the countries these players represent, and it's and it is truly the only global sport um, that's played literally everywhere. And so, uh, you know, uh, in that sense, it, it's of interest to me, but not of concern because I am not going there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this rate, we might have to wait for the twenty twenty six World Cup. Uh, although, if uh, the Donald gets elected. Considering everything that's happening in Russia, and considering the disaster, I think is uh, you know on in route. Considering Russia's recent actions uh, and the 2022 World Cup, I don't know if the U.S. will get one if the Donald is the president and kind of pisses off the world. But um, you know, it, it, he's never going to win. Well, we'll see. I mean, this that's is gonna be, that's this... going to be a worse bloodbath in Mexico. <laughs> well, yeah. This isn't a political podcast, so I won't get into it too too much, but. Um, but, you know, you, you touched on some of the issues, and I think you, you're right. It, do, it does represent many aspects of all walks of life we come from, which is fascinating. And I think especially when countries come together and are cordial to each other, especially in the pregame, it's very, very interesting, very fascinating to hang out with fans from other countries. It, it is. It's a beautiful thing. But then there's ugliness. And, you know, you touched upon it, the, the racism in Europe is particularly – I mean, you know – in Russia, it's so virulent, they've played in front of empty stadiums because of fans making monkey sounds at players from their own fucking team. I, I mean, it, it's it's despicable, and we have that. We now have Russian hooliganism. We have laws against the LGBT, or L, LGBT community in Russia, and 
This is a place that's hosting a World Cup. This is a country that invaded another country and got away with it. I, I mean, you know. It, Listen, it, man. I mean, I here, here's the funny thing, though. You And I appreciate your indignation, right? But the thing that surprises me about all this is that I, I think you are actually shocked that FIFA allows this stuff to go on. I'm not. I'm not shocked by FIFA. That's just Because <laughs> that's the whole thing, right? It's like FIFA's the worst of the whole bunch because, I mean, we could stop right at all the human rights violations going on right now in Qatar. And, the, I mean, everyone's just paying lip service to – you know, them being cleaned. And then they're going to build all of these stadiums. They're going to be used for one week. Mm -hmm. And they're going to sit empty. And how many lives are being lost? How many human beings are being mistreated to provide that? And basically, it's just so people can fill their pockets. I mean, yeah, we enjoy the game or whatever. But, you know, what's wrong with playing the game in places that already have the infrastructure and not building useless empty stadiums, you know, and there, I mean, there's some really fantastic uh, websites out there um, who have covered, have we talked about this? I can't, I can't remember if I've talked about this with you or with other people. Um, but I mean, there are some really great photojournalists who have gone to even just Sochi, which was just a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, and taken pictures of the feral cats and uh, <laughs> just the empty venues, the hotels, all this stuff is going to be built and then it's going to be abandoned, especially in the country like Qatar. Um, and it, you know, I mean, this is, and FIFA is like, great, you know, just keep the money rolling in so we can keep our confederations happy, so we can keep the small countries happy, so we can just keep this scam going into perpetuity and everyone gets rich. That's all people care about. I think the question is, I mean, are we at a point where we might be an open fan revolt? I mean, people don't want to go and sit in, sit in uh, you know, special just designated areas and the risk that they walk outside of it uh, drunk, they'll get arrested in Qatar or, you know, or in, in Russia, fear for their lives that they're going to get their asses kicked, you know, by Russian hooligans. You know, it's like if fans don't show up, you know, FIFA doesn't make its money. So well, it, sure. No, they're going to make their money because their money is in television. It's not in who comes. Yeah. To, nobody has to come to the stadium for them to make their money. In fact, what does it matter to them if anyone comes to the stadium? Um, it, it only matters to Russia, right? Because yeah. they want to put their best foot forward. I mean, it's why they, you know, did so much to make Sochi look fantastic, right? Um, and they're going to do it again. And they're going to make sure that whatever they need to do happens so that they look good. I mean, the 36 Olympics were in Berlin, Patty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean. What was going on in Berlin at 1336? <laughs> you got to remind me. <laughs> that was, it was the Depression. It was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. It just, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, uh, I mean, what you got the. U.S. Department of Justice, Justice breathing down your neck. You got these organizations acting up. You got the biggest story out of Euro is fan violence. Uh, you know, it, it's what's the tipping point? You know, well, what's the tipping point for these guys? And Dude, what's the tipping point with any of this stuff? I mean, wake the fuck up, Pat. I mean, I hate to use such strong language, but I mean, how much? Did, did people naively celebrate when, oh, FIFA's getting reformed? And now, you know, the reformers, they're all dirty. Everyone's dirty. I mean, people, you know, people are going to be discriminatory. People are going to be, I mean, they're just assholes everywhere, okay? And we can't assume that because 
you know, we live in a somewhat more civilized world, which in some instances I don't even think is more civilized at all, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, you know, that the rest of the world's going to be like that or should be like that. Their, you know, experience is entirely different. We know that, you know, we beat the shit out of people and, you know, you know, doing under the, under the table deals are, are bad, but you know, I mean, they're going to do what they do and there's not much we can do about it. Well, I mean, I, I guess the only thought would be, I mean, is, is this the point when, you know, some of your bigger organizations just rise up and say, no more FIFA, here's the new world governing body of soccer. It's certainly been rumored. It's certainly been talked about. And, you know, we I already so much wishful thinking. It's ridiculous. Uh, Every Pat, here's the problem, right? Everybody is getting rich. <laughs> Everybody is getting rich off this thing. Who's going to put a stop to that? Obama, that's who. Oh, Department kiss of my ass. <laughs> kiss my ass. Loretta Lynch. Yeah. Loretta, Loretta Lynch, the rescue baby. Uh, yeah, that's all wishful thinking bullshit. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It, it's, 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 for all the beauty that the game provides, it is a depressing side story that, unfortunately... See, that's the thing. Is like we're, I don't give a shit about that stuff. I give a, I give a shit about the, you know, the players and... I mean, at the end of the day, right? The players having an opportunity to play um, and really seeing that it, it, it does give the people, the general populace of these countries... I'm not talking about specific pockets of you know, bigoted or racist or you know, violent people, it gives them a platform to really show their love, the, the love for their country, the place where they come, the place where they're born, the place where their father was from, in a culture that, in, um, in which they were raised, uh, and, uh, and do it in their own unique way, whether it's, you know, the Mexicans wearing a big sombrero and playing the, uh, the what are the little the the shaker things, um, maracas? <laughs> maracas, yeah. I was just gonna say rattles because they're big babies. <laughs> but or you know the Germans kind of drinking out of their big steins and their later hosen or whatever. I mean, that to me is what I care about in soccer, and that's what um, you know first attracted me to it um, as a huge fan. Uh, uh, and you know, I, my roommate in college was a soccer player um, for, at the collegiate level. I was an ever that good i was more of a basketball guy but um you know he played a lot i got into it and then at the 2002 world cup i remember um usa beating mexico and just the the commentators were saying you know this is for every kid who you know is outside right now kicking his ball against the wall working on his touch it's forever you know and to feel the pride going through the country in that moment that's what it's for that's what, I mean, so fuck the people stuffing their pockets. Fuck the people who don't get it. It's not for them. Yeah, and no, they can't take that away from us. They can't take that away from us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what? Uh, John Oliver before the last World Cup certainly had uh, said something along those lines when he just pretty much ripped FIFA, you know, over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, it, and he pretty much said at the end of it, he's like, but we're going to watch. And he's like, I'm going to watch because I love it. I love the World Cup. And it's true. I mean, that that's really what it is. It's about our national pride being played out in the sports stage. Uh, it's watch. It's why we watch synchronized swimming every four years. Um, you know, it's... Maybe you do. 
Yeah, no, know. this is bigger. This is bigger than the Olympics. This is bigger yeah. than anything because it's something that everybody cares about. You know, yeah. even if you only care about care about it marginally. Okay. I mean, look at what's happening in Iceland right now, man. I mean, they, here's a team that has a chance to advance out of the group stage. Eight percent of their population, you know, came to the first game or whatever, or filed visas or whatever, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, they care about fishing, but look at when the you know when this team, you know, gets to the Euros for the first time and they're and they're performing well. People care, right? Yeah. I mean, people care about this stuff, and they're and they're going to bleed for it. And in you know we no we don't have uh, you know a lot of wars anymore. These are our wars. I mean, there's you know there's there's violence and there's skirmishes and there's Afghanistan and Iraq, but th- no, these are our wars. These are our our battles and. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's context and there's drama and, um, there's heroes and there's goats and it's all the best parts of life and all the worst. And that's why I love it. Absolutely. All right. I think we did all the talking we can about that. Um, any other things you can think to talk about before we get out of here? (laughs) I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to have a really meaningful game here. Um, I hope people tune in. I'm really excited that the game is sold out. Uh, and, and I hope we just play as Americans. You know, we play it in American style. And we, uh, we th- that our 11 do us proud. Yeah. yeah. So, so far, our team has not embarrassed us. Klinsman has not embarrassed us. Uh, they've been playing well. And let's just hope it uh, keeps up. And if it is a loss, let's just hope we can leave it all on the field. And it's uh, a hard-fought one for sure. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, you can follow us at uh, Red Bull Rant on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at PMACD82. You can follow Chris at Chris Kaminsky18. You can follow Truman, who is not here at the Truman. Uh, our producer, Jason Pico at Dr. Stooge. Uh, you can follow us. You can find the podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, all those good stuff. Uh, if you want to give us beer money, we have a Patreon page. Go there. We're on Facebook, all that good stuff. Uh, Make sure you leave us a rating on wherever you listen to this show. Uh, All right. Last words before we get out of here. USA. 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 (laughs) I don't think I could say it any better myself. (laughs) So for Chris Kaminsky and myself, this has been Red Bull Rant Yanks Go March Edition Volume 4. Thank you for tuning in. As always, Go USA.